so I'm 19. I've had depression since I was like 14. But last year was probably one of the times that it got the worst. I didn't really know. I love how honest and just open Bruce is about his depression. But that was something that I did not know until I started watching his like interviews with him. A few days after Rachel and I finished our discussion, she posted on Twitter that she had lost her family pet, Ollie, and she has been working through her grief uh, a little bit by posting some funny videos and photos on Twitter. So, Rachel, if you're listening to this, I just wanted to tell you that We all know the feeling of losing a beloved pet and someone close to us. And we are all sending you lots of love and support and uh, virtual hugs. Remember, they never really leave us. They're always there with us. So we love you. Take care. And I hope to talk to you soon. Hello, everyone, and welcome to... A new episode of Set Lessing Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. And every once in a while, we talk a little Neil Lofgren. So uh, joining me today is uh, my new friend, my Twitter buddy, uh, <laughs> Rachel. How are you doing, Rachel? I'm good. How are you? I am great. I, I loved your um your t- twitter name you go basically a neil's <laughs> and amy lofgren fan account so oh my god no. <laughs> uh, there is nothing wrong with that whatsoever um <laughs> they appear to be a united front they are, are such a strong couple it appears at least from from the outside looking in that don't you agree oh my god i agree so much with that I love them they are my power couple like my celebrity like they are my Chrissy Teigen John Legend like they are my power couple yeah in fact I was um he was he was here a few years ago in Dallas um and it um you know that was the um stop where his guitars you know his van was broken into and his guitars were stolen, so he ended up, you know, having to borrow guitars from different people and and performed, and um and the show was amazing, and Aww. I got to meet him afterwards, and he he waited and he took pictures and he was absolutely great, but I was like, and and is is your lovely bride here? Is your lovely bride here? Yeah. I like you know I wanted to do a double take, but she wasn't traveling <laughs> with him, so yeah. Uh, oh, I'm yeah. Yes. Um, so, um, we've kind of set you up a little bit, but tell me a little bit, uh, tell the listeners a little about yourself. Okay. Well, I'm 19. I'm a college student. So 
that's why Twitter has been like my main source of like interacting with other Bruce fans because there's not a ton of people my age that I can talk to about my taste in music pretty much. So yeah, um, I mean, I try to like, when I saw Nils, I took, I'm, I'm a twin, so that's kind of fun, I guess. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> I took my sister with me to the Nils concert. Like, she'll go with me and she'll, like, listen to me, like, talk like crazy about all my favorites. But she's not, we don't have a similar music taste. So, yeah, Twitter has kind of been, like, my little safe haven of just, I don't know, just talking and interacting with people. So, it's fun. Yeah. Uh, where are you going to school? Kent State. Oh, very nice. Yeah. And you, what are you studying? Okay. Well, I actually, I switched my major. So I thought I was going to be an education major, and I decided that I didn't want to do that anymore. So last semester, I switched to human development and family studies. So it's basically like a social work major. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, well, good. And so um, things are going well this semester? Yes, I love, I, switching my major was, like, the best thing I could have done. I know everybody says, like, oh, you'll switch your major a hundred times like it's normal, but, like, it's stressful, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you got to figure out what transfers, what hours, what do we need, what can we use. Right. um, And it is very normal, I mean, but it is, it can be unsettling if you have thought, and and I don't know for your case, but like, you know, Rachel, if you had said, I'm going to be a teacher, I'm going to be a teacher, a teacher, and all of a sudden, right. hmm, maybe I don't want to be a teacher. That could be, whoa, wait a minute. What If I'm not a teacher, what am I? You know, that's oh, my persona, God. right? Right. I totally went through that. It was, oh, that was kind of challenging, but I feel like I worked through it. So I feel like I'm in a good spot now. So hopefully things will just keep going well. <laughs> good. Well, very nice. Well, um, we always like to go back to the beginning. So talk about where did you grow up at? And obviously, you know, you had a twin. But uh, what kind of music did your family listen to as you were growing up? Okay, so it's kind of a funny story because growing up, I always, like, my dad, both my parents actually, are also, like, huge Bruce fans. So, Growing up, I heard a lot of Springsteen. Um, I also heard, like, a lot of Elton John, Billy Joel, uh, Tom Petty. Like, a lot of the artists that I listen to and am obsessed with now are pretty much, like, the people I heard growing up. So I think that that's a big reason why I connect and love them so much is just because it's, like, that comfort of, like, I grew up with this music. So, yeah. Okay. And um, did you like Bruce from the beginning, or did it take a while to grow up, to grow on you? Okay, so I always liked it, but I was never, like, a huge fan. He was never, like, one of my favorite favorites. And then last year, around Christmas time, I don't know what in me was like, you know what you haven't listened to in a long time? Bruce Springsteen. But I decided to, like... I remember I went on YouTube and I was like, I'm just going to like, I'm just in the mood to like go back to my childhood and just listen to Bruce. And so I was listening to like classics. I think I had like Born to Run, Thunder Road, whatever I'm listening to. And then the more I'm listening, I'm like, 
I'm like listening to different songs, like the lesser known songs. And I'm like, wait a minute. Like, I really like this. So I just kept listening and that lasted till now. So going on like a year. So yeah, it was kind of a crazy turn of events, but. That, that is funny. Now, and you were saying that your twin, um, yeah. she has different taste in music. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's just, it's, it's funny because it's not even like, oh, she'll only listen to stuff that's like popular with my age group now. Like whoever's even like popular, I couldn't really tell you because yeah. it's not really <laughs> me, but sure. she also, she also does listen to like older stuff, just not the same older stuff as me. Sure. So she, she's a huge Queen fan and she likes Fleetwood Mac. Like she, so it's nice because we have that like little connection of like appreciating music that's not necessarily the most mm-hmm. popular with our age group, but it is different and it varies. So. And it's kind of nice that she goes through with you with shows, right? Right. Y'all, y'all are there for each other. That's good. Yeah, so that was fun. I was like, Christine, do you want to go see Nils Lofgren with me? And she's like, uh, okay, like if nobody else wants to go with you, I'm like, not really, so you're coming along. But I think she likes it, I Mm -hmm. hope. (laughs) Yeah, where did you see him? At the Kent stage. That's what was so funny. So this is a little bit of a sidetrack, but... Please. We are um, all about sidetracks here. (laughs) Good, because I'll do that a lot, probably. So basically... Around, like, I want to say it was in, like, March or something. So I'm on Twitter, and I see, like, a suggestion to, like, of people to follow. And it's Nils. And I'm like, all right, like, I've heard the name. I knew he played with Bruce. But I was like, all right, like, I'll follow him just to see what it's all about. So I follow him, and I'm looking through. And then I see all of a sudden he's going to be going on tour in May. And I'm like, wait a second. And so I'm looking through the tour dates, and I see Kent, Ohio. And I was like, what? So I'm like, okay. So that day, literally that day, I had never heard any of his music before. I just on a whim was like, well, he's coming to Kent. Like, I feel like this is a sign. I feel like I should go. So I bought my ticket that day, never having heard any of his music, just fully trusting that I would like it. And so that wound up being like one of the best decisions I've ever made. But it was just so funny that it was just such a coincidence. That That is awesome. Was it with the band or was it the solo? Well, it was it was him. And then it was like. Cindy Mizell, uh, oh my God, I'm going to blank on all their names now. But That's okay, I get it. He was with people, so it wasn't mm-hmm. just him, no. Yeah, when I saw him a couple years ago, it was him solo. And um, it was, you know, now he had kind of a um, an audio box, so there would be percussions, background or something. Okay. But he was amazing. And, um, yeah, so I, I think one of the things, and we'll talk a little about that, is um, the diversity and how amazing the E Street Band is on their own. You know, that sure. together with Bruce, they are something absolutely magical. But when you look at them, you know, side by side, you know, individually, the amount of the careers they have had is kind of unbelievable. I mean, Niels was, you know, a respected guitarist before you know, he joined the E Street Band, and he has had a productive, um, you know, solo career. Um, so uh, how about, um, 
So you you remain uh, positive about Bruce. Have you been able to see Bruce perform live? No. So I so I first thing I did when I started really getting into his music was I asked my parents because my dad has been to like God. He probably I he probably couldn't even tell me the number of concerts he's been to. So. I was like, okay, like, Dad, have you ever seen Bruce live? And he was like, yeah. And then I said, okay, Mom, have you ever seen Bruce live? And she goes, no. She said she waited in line for, like, two hours and couldn't get tickets. So I promised her, I said, okay, Mom, like, if they wind up going on tour next year, like, me and you have to go together because you missed your chance. So I've personally never gotten to see him, but neither has my mom. So I'm hoping that the next tour that comes around, we'll both be able to go. So, yeah. I think that is a a lovely story. And I'm going to tell you <laughs> right now, Rachel, it, it, hopefully they are going to tour. And if you guys go, I want you and your mom to join me on the show together. And oh you guys can talk about the show. Wouldn't that be a blast? Oh, I would love that. Yeah, uh, that that is awesome. So, um, as you've explored Bruce, how deep into his catalog have you gone? And and the same thing with Neil's. How now that you've seen him live, you know, have you gone back and listened to a lot of, um, you know, other material from both of them? Yeah. So it was kind of there was no order to any of the any of Bruce's music or Nils for that matter. Um, there was like, I was just going off of essentially for Bruce. When I, when I first started listening, I would listen to the songs that I knew, which mm-hmm. mostly came from like the greatest hits albums or whatever, yeah. out, like whichever one we had in my house growing up. So it kind of like from that kind of turned into whatever the, like basically whatever the YouTube suggestions were. So I kind of got a little bit of everything. Um, I wouldn't say like, I'm definitely like based, like some of the, some of the like Twitter accounts and stuff I see, I'm like, okay, you are like a diehard fan and you know, every, probably every song, like front and back, like good for you. So I'm not there yet. But I mean, I definitely feel like I've, I've covered a, a wide range. I feel like, so, I mean, I, if I went through all the albums individually, I, I probably would at least know a few songs off of each album. You know what I mean? Yeah, I absolutely. And and how about Niels? Have you gone back the same thing and kind of looked at scene? <laughs> yeah. So it's it's also funny because like the whole reason that I went, once I followed him and found out about the tour, like his newest album, Blue with Lou, wasn't out yet. So I had to listen to whatever, like, I just, you know, went on YouTube and typed in Nils Offren and saw what came up. And so the first song of his that I actually ever listened to was off of his Acoustic Live album. And it's a song called You. So I listened to that. And for a while, that was like the only song of his I I was listening to. Then I'm like, all right, you got to branch out. So then I kind of started... I feel like it just turned into, it was just totally random. I mean, I would listen to, uh, there's like, uh, like best, whatever, like, uh, I don't know the name of it, but it's like the best in those locker and whatever. I listened to a lot of his like songs off of that. Um, and just, I mean, basically for him, it was whatever I could find. I definitely feel like 
you know, once Blue with Lou came out, I listened to that whole album as much as I could to prep for the concert. And then since then, I've just kind of kept exploring. So I feel like same type of deal as with Bruce, just listening to whatever I can find and just seeing where it takes me. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once, new quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. So you you kind of mentioned how much um, you you started following you know Amy and and um, what about her kind of spoke to you? Okay, so this is okay. So right after I followed Nils, I'm looking through his tweets, trying to be like, all right, what's what's up with this guy? So I'm like scrolling through, and I see everybody. What, he had just announced his tour, so I see everybody talking about like oh, is, is your wife coming with you? Is Amy coming with you? And and I'm like, oh, like, okay. Like, I, I was like, well, like, she must be pretty, like, special if everybody's asking about her. So I find, I find her Twitter and I follow her. And, like, I knew nothing about her, obviously. I, I'd only been following her for a few days. And she followed me back, which I thought was just, like, super sweet. So I was like, okay. So as time went by, I basically just realized, like, I basically figured out why everybody was asking him if she was going on tour with him because she's just such a, I don't know. She's basically everything that I would aspire to be. She just seems like she has the biggest heart and is such a gen. They both just seem like they're the most down to earth, genuinely kind, humble, honest, nice, like all the positive adjectives in the world that you could think of. That is what I feel like they would both be like. So yeah, she's just, she's, I don't know. She's just a role model to me and somebody that I personally just admire a lot and want to be like. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, I think one of the things that I've been really impressed with is the, um, both her and, um, you know, Stephen's wife, little Stephen's wife. Well, yeah, both, Maureen. Yeah. Very, Maureen and her are both very active, um, on Twitter and not just 
the political stuff, which I really enjoy. Uh, um, I, they're both very <laughs> vocal against the current administration and a lot of things that they they find is unfair and unkind, but about um, promoting people they love and, and things they care about. So I can understand why, I mean, she is a very, very, um, you know, strong, um, you know, role model. For sure. I mean, like you said with Maureen, I just, I think that, I mean, especially with Amy, just the, the like, fierceness and, like, just independence and just kind of, like, strength that you feel, I feel like, that comes through from those tweets. Like, I just personally think that that is something, especially as a woman, I think that that's just something that really kind of spoke to me and was just, like, I don't know, just made me love her even more. But another thing that you were saying just about how they're both really active on Twitter, it's like, yeah, they, they're active on Twitter. Um, promoting like their husbands and other people that they other artists that they admire which I think is great but another big thing with both of them is they're very engaging with fans and that is something that I just think is so like it's just so nice like I mean I don't know I mean Amy has interacted with quite a few of my tweets and I'm very grateful for that but also like it's just so like I don't know there's there's just a sense of just true, genuine kindness. And I think that that could be said about any member of the E Street Band. But especially, I mean, we were talking about them, and I just think that that just shines through so brightly on Twitter. Absolutely. I, I totally agree. Um, when, uh, so I wanted to talk a little bit more about, um, you know, maybe a little bit of what other songs that have kind of spoke to you, uh, not just from, you know, from both Neil's and Bruce. Yeah. Okay. So I wrote some down so I wouldn't forget. So, okay. So for Bruce, I would say it's kind of like the songs that I, like last year when I first started getting into his music and I was thinking of like, okay, like what's a Bruce song that I can listen to right off the top of my head. And it's usually like the songs that I could kind of tell were my parents' favorites. So for my mom, it's always been Thunder Road. That's, that's her all-time favorite Bruce song. And for my dad, I don't know what his favorite would be, but I would say, I mean, he listens to Born in the USA a lot. But that's just, like, a classic one that I just, that was probably, like, one of the memories I have growing up and, like, my first time hearing Bruce. That was a very prominent song for that. But also, um, My Hometown is another one that I, like, have, like, this, like, vivid memory of, like, sitting on the porch with my dad. Because that was something that we did all the time. I just, I feel like all my memories from when I was, like, four and the, like, under, like, the vague little memories that I have... A lot of them are just, like, sitting on the porch in the summertime listening to music. Like, that was a very common thing for us to do. And so I just have a memory of me, like, sitting on his lap and he was, like, singing along to my hometown. It was a very cute memory. But, um, so I just, that's the song that he listens to all the time. So those two songs remind me of my parents. But as far as, like, me personally and connecting to Bruce songs, um, and I know I've mentioned this on Twitter before, too, but... Land of Hope and Dreams, is, that was a big one. Um, so so guess, that is one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, what sure. about it? 
I know why it means a lot to me, but from share if you could why it means so much to you. Sure. So, like when I last year when I first really got into Bruce's music was actually probably I've so I'm 19. I've had depression since I was like 14, but last year was probably one of the times that it got the worst. And so I didn't really know, like, I, I, I love how honest and just open Bruce is about his depression, but that was something that I did not know until I started watching his, like, interviews with him. So Land of Hope and Dreams was a song that I just kind of stumbled upon one day and just really, like, emotionally connected to it. And, I mean, I had listened to, like, this depression that that one's pretty self-explanatory but um that was just a song that really I just felt like really just got me in a way that like I feel like with both Bruce and Nils I felt like I had never so strongly connected to an artist before I listened to their music mm-hmm. so those those were the songs that kind of got me through a lot of hard times and I mean I don't know why this one also kind of was like just clumped in with them, but Radio Nowhere is another one that I would just listen to repeatedly. Yeah. So, You know, what I love, and, and I appreciate you sharing that, but um, I was lucky enough a couple of years, well, almost three years ago now, um, <laughs> when Bruce was touring with the autobiography, and so he would you know, go to bookstores and you could buy an autographed copy of the book. So I got lucky enough. Um, he came to Austin, which is about three or so hours down from Dallas. I drove there on the day and, and, you know, stood in line for a couple mm-hmm. hours and, and got seven seconds with it, you know, because they're just moving you on so quickly. Right. And, um, you know, and, and I told him that, um, which was true. I had the year before had spent, um, that year had spent almost a year before nine months unemployed looking for a job. And I listened to better days and land of hope and dreams almost every day to keep my spirits up, to, to remind me. And, um, and I don't know, and I've said this multiple times, Rachel, I don't know if he heard me because, you know, they're moving along so quick, but I needed to say it more than I needed him to hear it. Um, and, and so I, I, I'm right there with you. I, I, Thunder Road is an amazing song. (laughs) So is Born to Run. So is Jungle Land. You can go on and on. But in a lot of ways, I think Land of Hope and Dreams may be, it's in the discussion of his best songs of all times. Oh my God. For me too. I mean, just those songs where, I mean, for me, it's just a matter of if I can listen to a song and even if I'm crying the whole time I'm listening to it, which is honestly probably what I did for almost every time I listen to it, I feel like if if something is making you feel so strongly and connecting to you, and I mean, I know that it sounds cliche. Everybody is. Everybody says like, Oh, like, you know, like just people saying things about connecting with music in a way that like you can't connect with anything else. Like, 
I feel like sometimes it all sounds very cliche, but I, it truly is. I always tell Mills <laughs> when I tag him in tweets and stuff that his music is healing. And I feel the same exact way about Bruce. I mean, it's just when you, especially when you're going through some sort of struggle, I mean, it's just whatever, whatever gets you through, gets yes. you through. And for me, that was just what got me through. And so, I mean, still, when I listen to some of these songs, like, I am in it personally, thankfully, a much better place than I was a year ago. But, um, but like, it still just takes me back to, like, just how I first connected with these songs. And I think that that's just a really powerful thing. And it's just something that I think is a really telling mark of success. You know, a um, couple things. Um, two years ago, um, I was diagnosed with colon cancer. I'm fine now. Everything's good. Um, I've gone through my, you know, I had nine rounds of chemo and, and I've had three or four multiple checkups and I'm, yeah. I'm three months away from being, you know, um, two years cancer free. And so yeah. all things nice, but, um, during the chemo, um, I didn't watch TV. I didn't watch a video. I just closed my eyes put on my phone and I had an F cancer playlist where I picked certain songs just to play over and over again. And, um, and it, it made a difference to me. It, it helped me heal. Um, I, I don't want to be personal if, and if you're uncomfortable, please we'll move along. But I've, I've had a touch of depression too. I've, um, not as bad as some, but it was, you know, it going nine months without a job and, and then, you know, really going through some things. I, I fought some pretty tough stuff. And, um, how much did it mean to you with your experiences in the past? And like I said, we don't have to get too personal, but to have him be so open, Bruce, about the depression he fought. What did oh. that mean for you as someone who has fought that disease yourself? That was, that was something that, oh my God, I, I can't even describe it. That I'd never, I know I had mentioned that I'd never like emotionally connected so strongly with, with other artists' music before, but I mean, that was just, that just made it even more just personal. I mean, yeah. to have, somebody of like his fame and just I mean everybody knows who he is I mean I think that taking somebody that's in that just iconic I guess of a position I mean that meant everything to me and I know that it's meant so much to so many other people and I feel like it's something that I don't even like I don't think I definitely don't think he intended to do this but I, I just I mean, I can't imagine how many people that that's connected with because it is something. And, and you know, I appreciate you, you saying that you didn't want to get too personal, but that's something that I feel like I really, I try to be as open and honest about everything as I can now. I'm not saying I was always like that, but, I mean, I feel like it's definitely something. I think that it's mental illness as a whole is being talked about a lot more 
now than it used to be, which is great. We are making progress, but I feel like it's still very stigmatized. I mean, there's especially like gendered, like stigmas around it. And it's just so hard. And I feel like to have somebody like Bruce to share his stories and just be so honest and use his art to convey these messages. I think that it's just, it's amazing. I mean, there's just nothing to even compare it to. So, so yeah. So, cause you think about it, Rachel, and, and there is that stigma of, well, just cheer up. Just, oh just, gosh. you know, just, just, you know, have a positive attitude, right. you know, do a, uh, check up from the neck up and you know just if if you if you think positive things positive things will happen and 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 i i do believe that there is um it is easy to get in a downward spiral self-fulfilling philosophies and i do feel like that sometimes you choose um to you can choose to things better but when you're truly depressed when there is a depression, not I'm not sad or I'm not bummed about something really, but when you're fighting that, um, the, it is it is it isn't something you can. It's it's like saying, yeah, just just don't have cancer anymore, or oh or someone who's overweight. Well, you know, just just drop the pounds. You know, it's right? easy. Just you know, just eat less and you you know, it's just do it or you know, um, and here is someone who has everything in the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, glory, financial success, um, you know, career success, uh, mm-hmm. respect of your peers, respect of almost anything you want, you know, um, presidential honors. There is a there is not a indus- award in the entertainment industries that Bruce Springsteen has not won, and he's sitting there. It's all a fraud. You know, I, I was amazed. One of the things I wanted with the autobiography is two things. I wanted to hear about him breaking up with the band, and I wanted to hear his thoughts on his first marriage. And to hear him say, he's sitting there with Julianne, and they're at dinner, and he goes, she would not love me if she really knew me. And that breaks my heart. And so I think... It's important, and I applaud you for being honest and sharing your feelings, but it it's just good to hear someone that says, well, if he can have depression, if he mm-hmm. can fight this Ill- have this illness, anyone can. Right. And I think especially, I don't know if I read this somewhere or saw it in an interview, so I'm not going to, like, go on the record here and say that this is a fact. But I think I did read somewhere that it said something about him being on medication for it. And that part was the, like, most powerful part to me because this, like, I just recently sort of, in May, I think, went on antidepressants. But that was a decision that was a very hard decision for me to make because, I I knew I had known that I had depression since I was 14, so like five years now. But I did not get diagnosed with it until earlier this year. 
Yeah. So I didn't know, like, and it was, it was so weird because it's like, I knew it, but hearing somebody say it to me was like very, I don't know, it just, it hit hard. And so having to make that decision of like, do I go on antidepressants? Do I do this? Do I do that? Like, I, especially like we were talking about the stigma surrounding mental health, mental health. I experienced that even, you know, just from people in my own life telling me like, uh, like that were just very adamantly against me going on antidepressants. And ultimately it was my decision. And I knew that, but having, especially hearing about that, like I said, not a hundred percent sure if it's true or not, but if it is, that was something that was very, I don't know, that gave me some comfort and peace of mind knowing that like, it, like it truly doesn't, discriminate against anybody like you were saying he seemingly had everything and yet still he's struggling too and I think that there's a lot of people that are probably struggling that don't get the help they need because they out of fear of what would happen if they even admitted it and I think that that's just something that it's got to go but I mean it's hard it it, uh, you are so insightful and you're so true Rachel yes he did talk about medications and and how he's gone to doctors and and he, they have changed his medications and he worked with it um it's true people sit there like well i don't want to take happy pills or i don't want to but you 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 take aspirin when you have a headache i mean you you i took chemo pills when i was fighting my cancer i mean you it, it is a tool and and obviously there can be misdiagnosis and uh, you know but i'm saying that there is this is a legitimate disease and a, there is a stigma to it and i can imagine them saying oh you're too young you know you're just you're just you're just an emotional teenager you're, you're fine rachel but but you knew something wasn't right right and it it's so crazy to me that, like, I almost had to, like, pr- like prove it for, like, five years. Like, we're not proving it all night. We're proving it for five years. Yeah, you know what I mean? exactly. I absolutely do. Yeah. Like, I mean, so it's like, I basically was just like, what am I trying to prove? And I got the same thing, the emotional teenager, especially because I'm a girl. Like, oh, you're just, oh, sure. like, hormonal, whatever, which was probably partially true. But, you know, I mean, it's something that you have to take seriously. And I think that by opening up these dialogues about it, that's the only, that's, I don't want to say it's the only way, but it's a big, it's a big reason, uh, a big part of the reason why mm-hmm. things will eventually change is, we got to start talking about it. I mean, and being honest and open. And that's why, I mean, especially with Bruce, like, I just, more, like, no, like, you, people might not listen to, like, a 19-year-old like myself, but you might just so happen to listen to Bruce Springsteen. So. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, wow, that was wonderful. I'm so, so glad we went off it. Oh. But you, 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 I told you we'd probably go through tangents. So that's oh. great. So I, I do want to, I want to get us back to a few, a little bit about the music. So, um, you've never seen Bruce live. You've already making plans when he announces you and your mom are going to go. Um, is, do you have a wish list of songs that 
you I know you're going to be happy with no matter what you get. Right. So I'm not I'm not trying to say you're greedy, but be greedy for a few minutes, Rachel. You know, are there songs that you're in your heart of hearts like if you had a checklist, okay, for a perfect show, I would want to hear um a number of songs and you can pick as many as you want. Are there songs you want to share with us about that? For sure. Okay. So of course, I want to hear the classics like Thunder Road, Born to Run, got to hit all those, you know. But I think also Radio Nowhere is a big one. I know that that was on my previous list, but I'm putting it back in again. Um, honestly, I think, okay, Candy's Room is another one. I know that's kind of also a classic one, but I need to hear that live. Sure. Um, let's see, what else? I feel like I, when I first started listening to his music, I really got into the Tunnel of Love album. So honestly, anything off of that, mm-hmm. I'd be happy. Um, Obviously, Land of Open Dreams. Yes. Oh, my gosh, for sure. Um, okay, got to hear my hometown, too. Got to hear all my, like, my family songs. And yes. then, I don't, I don't know, honestly. No, that's I, a good amount. That's that's yeah. a nice selection. That's a nice diverse uh, thought. <laughs> um, so, what have I not asked you that I should have asked you, Rachel? Um, I don't know, but I'm always down to talk about no some more. Yeah. <laughs> so, are you? Um, were you? Was there any song that you wished he had done that he didn't get to do? Yeah, Girl in Motion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to hear that one live. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, another thing about that concert was I because I bought my ticket so fast, like right as soon as I heard about the tour, I wound up, well, first of all, I should I should preface this a little bit. So the Kent stage is a pretty small venue, but it's so cute. I'm there as much as I can be. Like, I love it. But I was in, like, the second row because I got my tickets so fast. Sure. So it was actually very cute. I sat next to this couple, and we st- I started talking to them because the guy was like, excuse me, but you're too young to know who Nils Lofgren is. And I was like, oh, buddy, no, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> Then his wife was like, oh, yeah, we thought, like, maybe you were his daughter or something. And at the, I was honored. I was like, guys, sure. you just gave me a compliment of my life. But um, just, okay, like, just seeing him live in general was just, like, a life dream. Like, I met him afterwards, too, and he was so sweet. I was, like, a nervous, starstruck wreck. And I, like, went up there, and I... I made my sister go first and my mom. I'm like, guys, you got to go first because, like, I'm, like, nervous back here. So they went up and had their stuff signed. And then I bring up my CD and he, like, signs it. And then I don't even – oh, I know what happened. He had pro-choice written on his arm. And the whole show, I'm, like, looking, trying to figure out what it says. And so at the end of – when I'm – at the end of the show, when I'm meeting him, um, I had on the – uh, face the music tour the UK tour I had on that t-shirt and so when I get up to him he's like oh I like your shirt and I was like 
oh, oh, I like your arm, because he had pro-choice written on his arm. And he looks at me a little funny, and then he sees it, and he goes, oh, yeah, well, you know, my wife Amy. And then I'm just like, oh, my God, I love her. So I was totally obnoxious, and I really need a second chance to meet him and hopefully Amy, too, to redeem myself. But it was just overall such a great experience, and I just, I also, another highlight of the show was here, this is one that I wanted him to play live, but he did, and I feel like might just do this at every show, but Shine Silently, to hear that live was, yeah. like, so beautiful. Like, I could, I could, like, we all, like, at the end of the show, everybody kind of rushed up to the stage, so I get as close as I can, and, like, I, I, I hear him telling the other members of the band, like, all right, we're going to do Shine, and I'm like, Kristen, Kristen, he's going to play it. That's my sister. Yeah. And so I was, like, freaking out, and so that was, really great memory too so that is awesome all right now i'm gonna pull a curve on you um, okay so you bet you met uh beto o'rourke from my town and you look to be a little happy about that you want to tell that story <laughs> sure <laughs> okay so beto came to our to kent state um in like Oh, God, maybe September. I don't remember. It was a few months ago. And so I didn't really, I, I, I don't even know if they announced it earlier than a week before they were going to do it. So I was like, okay. So I was like, well, obviously I'm going to do everything in my power to go. So I go and I was not expecting to like get a picture or anything with him. I was just thrilled that he was even going to be there. Sure. And so um, we're waiting in line and we're waiting for a while. And the thing about him is he, I know he dropped out, which I'm very sad about, but he was so just such a kind person. I mean, he made time for everybody. There were like school organizations that were like trying to interview him. So he actually was taking pictures with people and then was getting out of line to go do inter a quick interview and then came back and was taking more pictures. So yeah, so I got a picture with him, and it was honestly one of the coolest moments of my life. So yeah, he, yeah. Uh, you know, um, I because my wife, she's now retired, but at the time she was with a um, a um, private equity firm, and they had um, if you give any money to a campaign you have to declare it because of, you know, FCC and, you know, all those things. And so I, I said, I know you normally don't want to do this, but, you know, he was running for senator. I really want to sign and I want to give him some money. And she's like, absolutely. So we, you know, we have our, we had our Beto sign and we were so disappointed that he came close against Ted Cruz, but didn't quite make it. And, um, and I, I am so hoping that uh, we have two really strong women running against um, Corwin now, and I, I hope he just helps one of them, um, you know, because they've been yeah. fighting the good fight. I don't think he says he does not plan to run for Senate here in Texas. He's running just to be, and and I hope he has earned a cabinet spot somewhere, whoever does get this. But, yeah, that's that's a great story. He He does seem like a... 
a wonderful person, and that that's kind of cool. That's that's really for sure. Cool. And I mean, yeah. he like everything. I know that this has also been like a hot topic lately with everything everybody talking about, um, like as far as protests go on like college campuses, especially. But I mean, when he came to speak, obviously there were people that were coming not in support of him. And I didn't know this at the time of the event, and I'm very happy, actually, that I was not aware of this, but people did actually show up with assault weapons, and he called them out for it, like, while he was talking, and I I think he even put a, there was, like, a video clip of it put up on his Instagram and maybe his Twitter, too, from when he was here, but just to see, like, I don't know, just in the face of, like, people so adamantly opposing him that they would go to that great of a length. I mean, especially at Kent State, I felt like, okay, that was very disrespectful and insensitive, obviously. Yeah, with y'all's background, absolutely. Right, and I mean, but he handled it so, like, obviously at the time he was a presidential candidate, so he had to be very professional about it, but he was, but he did it in a way that also, I don't know, he stood very firm in his beliefs, but did not, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't stepping on any toes or anything either. So yeah, that's he's great. all around just a very, seems just like a very just well-rounded person. And yeah. I'm disappointed that he dropped out. But I think that he definitely has a strong, strong future. And I oh, hope. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So it's time for the very question. Um, okay. <laughs> so, uh, Jay Armstrong, one of, uh, a frequent, um, guest on the podcast is an honors English teacher. And he, <laughs> every semester, he, his seniors, um, in his honors English class break down Thunder Road as a poem. They oh. compare it to, uh, Robert Frost, The Road Less Traveled. Uh, they go through the different language of the poem. They talk about what the, the symbolism in the poem and they go through this and in the end of the two-day um lesson um he asks his class the question does mary get in the car so rachel that's your question does rachel rachel does mary get in the car and i was thinking you were going to ask me um i gotta say every time i listen to thunder road i think like, whoever, whatever girl you're talking about in this situation, I think she would be crazy not to get in that car. <laughs> so I want to be hopeful and say that she did. Um, I know I certainly would. Um, so I'm going to be ever the optimist here and say Good. yes. All right. Perfect. Um, any final thoughts? Um. I don't think so. Just this has been really fun. I it definitely has want been to, a yeah. blast. Yeah, thanks. Um, so if someone wants to follow you on Twitter, do you want to give your Twitter handle? Oh, yeah. Okay. So literally, I don't know. If you just search, I'm going to look up right now my actual handle. But if you just look up Rach Against the Machine, R-A-C-H for Rach, you should be able to find me. But uh, my actual Twitter handle is Rachel, R-A-C-H-E-L, underscore B-E-R-C. So. And, and you were, I did want to give you just a couple minutes to uh-huh. 
um, explain your campaign promise that when you're elected the presidency, everyone will get a wedding blanket. So do you want okay. to explain a little bit about that? Yes. So first of all, I would like to say that if this is going to be my true campaign promise, and if I am truly going to be the president, I think that I would have to say, I might just have to set myself down to VP and make Amy the president because she is the one that got me like hooked on my weighted blanket. Like I had heard suggestions about it. Um, I know we talked about depression earlier, but surprise, I also have anxiety. So my weighted blanket has been like a lifesaver and I'm so grateful that she like pretty much recommended it. I mean, I had had other recommendations too, but I was a little skeptical about it at first, but I have to say, like, I think no matter if, even if you don't have anxiety or you don't have trouble sleeping, whatever, everybody could use a weighted blanket. And I think that that's, that's why I tweeted that today, that that would be my campaign promise. Everybody should get a weighted blanket because I think we'd all be a little more relaxed in the world. So, you know what? I, I love it. I, I think that <laughs> is a great suggestion. All right. Hang tight while I do a little business. Um, if you want to join me on the podcast, I'd love to have you. Um, it's easy to do. Send me an email to setlustingbruce at gmail.com. You can reach out to me at Twitter at Jesse Jackson DFW. The show is on Twitter as well at setlustingbruce. You can go to our website, www.setlustingbruce.com. From there, you can see past shows. You can hear the story behind the name of the show. You, we have links to blogs that are friends of the podcast. And uh, so check it out. Our Patreon page there, as well as the store where you can buy uh, the Mary Question um, t-shirt where it says, does Mary get in the car? And so check that out. Um, Rachel, you are a joy. You are just, you are, you, you share of your heart and you are kind and you are a very special young woman and I am honored you joined me. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Seriously, I want to do this again. This was so fun. (laughs) Well, we will have to do it again for sure. Um, after, uh, sure after your mom, but, uh, maybe we'll check back, uh, in the, Spring some time and see how things are going with you, yeah. okay? That sounds perfect. Thank you. All right. Thank you, uh, Rachel. Thank you, listeners. And we'll talk to you soon. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only. Set Listing Bruce. Set Bruce is part of the Southgate Media Podcast Group. The theme for Set Listing Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. 
and why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 